0: Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to what I can offer you as a master coach. I can help you to focus on your why with clarity, uniting your passion with your purpose with a plan to create the life you truly desire. Book a free 20 minute coaching call right now via calendly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson forward slash call and we can take it from there. Hello, and welcome to my 38th Reflections episode, an opportunity to pull on various threads from the last five conversations I've had with five incredible pioneers of purpose. Did you notice the schedule has changed? Well, it has. Episodes are now being released on Wednesdays and Fridays, and from the 1st of April, it will drop down to just one episode a week. This is so I can free up my time to focus on writing my first book. Really excited about that. And I encourage you to take the opportunity to listen to the earlier catalogue as there are so many wonderful people in this world all living with purpose. So let's get started today. First up is episode 239, Play a Much Bigger Game with Paul Avins. Staring down death after a four and a half minute cardiac arrest, Paul came to terms with his own mortality and allowed his ego to die in that moment. With the maxim of do more, be more, have more, give more, in his new role of the guide and not the hero, Paul is now helping businesses to level up, team up and scale up. He's coached over 550 UK companies through his business growth system with many clients selling their businesses for life-changing sums, giving them the time and money and freedom they desired. How? He helps them to play a much bigger game. And Paul said that if you can help them solve the issues of time and money and really open up their creativity, they're able to go out and play a much bigger game, have a much bigger impact on the world and ultimately contribute far more value to the world. And I asked Paul if he sees life as a game and he said he does now, but only after his brush with death and also his wife's near-death experience too. And it hasn't always been the case. He used to take life far too seriously in fact he took everything far too seriously why is it that it takes a traumatic event to hit the reset on our lives so often the case guests on focus on why have had this severe shock and they've taken stock and reframed what's important for them and what's not in terms of playing a game with being on purpose it is as simon Sinek says an infinite game there is no winner per se Our purposeful destination is essentially never reached. That's why companies who have infinite game perspectives are focused on purpose that will not likely be reached within one generation. It will outlive us. Paul mentioned the infinite game and I shared my two key takeaways during the episode. One I referred to was the trust versus performance takeaway that I took from his book. In chapter seven, trusting teams, which I didn't get an opportunity to fully expand on in the episode. So I thought it'd be appropriate to do so here. Referencing the Navy SEALs, Cynic says that you need to show high scores in two key areas, trust and performance. You could say that the SEALs have core values of trust and performance. Performance is assessed on technical competence, grit and staying cool under pressure. Trust is about character, humility, and personal accountability. Trusting their wife and their life with others. So, not just with physical safety, but also psychological safety too. So, Cynic places these two traits on two axes of a graph trust on the horizontal axis and performance on the vertical axis, and show how. Low scores in trust and performance would be placed in the bottom left quadrant and high scores in each area would score highly in the top right quadrant. What was interesting is that SEALs would rather have a medium score in performance but with a high score in trust than the reverse. Trust is therefore prioritised over performance. And this is an interesting finding and converse to the operations of most businesses today. So often performance is what we measure ourselves against. If the Navy SEALs, some of the highest performing teams in the world, value trust over performance, then you can take a lot from this into your business philosophy and also into your personal lives. For me, it comes down to values, knowing your own personal values and being aligned to them, honouring them and ensuring that they shine through in everything you do. Cynic's work solely focused on business, yet his inspiration came from James Cast's Finite and Infinite Games, Whose theories applied to personal and professional aspects of life. When playing an infinite game in life, regardless of an in business or in your personal life, you still need to adopt an infinite growth mindset. It's more about playing than winning, it's taking on the bigger vision, employing the us mentality, not being me centric. Curiously, I've just finished reading another interesting book written by John Ramstead, a former Navy fighter pilot. And the book's called On Purpose, With Purpose. What was interesting was to note that he also suffered a life-changing event considered not survivable before he led his life of true purpose. My other reflection from the episode is that we don't push ourselves to reach our true potential, that we always hold back a little bit in reserve. Funnily enough, this was also a takeaway for one of my listeners, Adam Beasley, and he shared it on LinkedIn. You can go the extra inch or two, but you don't. I demonstrated this to my son yesterday. We can all benefit from having a coach in life, particularly to go those extra two inches. So why, when asked to stretch as high as possible, do we not go as high as possible? Why do we always hold back that inch or two? What is it that is holding you back? Are you self-sabotaging yourself? And you may not even be aware of it. Do you think that you're not good enough? Are you pursuing your own dream or is it someone else's? You may recognize that you need a coach when you think something's not right in life. But do you also recognize the need for a coach when it is plain sailing? Plain sailing means all is well. You're in your comfort zone. What will it take to go to that extra inch? A coach will help you to do this. Reach out to me today for a chat. My calendar link is in the show notes. Remember, your purpose is bigger than you. How serious do you take life? Are you playing a game? Do you have an infinite mindset? What I also want to mention here is that I spoke to Paul a day after the episode was out and he'd been bowled over by how many people had reached out to connect with him to share what they took away from his episode. Paul had shared the vulnerable side on the show and he'd empowered others to share their reflections on the episode by doing so. Paul was deeply touched by all of those messages he received. Next up is episode 240, Artistry of Nature with Kalindi Jordan. And a big shout out goes to Helen Chorley for introducing me to yet again, another wonderful guest on the podcast. Thank you, Helen. Curiously, Kalindi also speaks of the game of life and how she wanted to understand it, how people relate and the freedom she found in being playful and inquisitive. Kalindi says that safety comes from the surrender to being comfortable with the flexibility of life, To be able to know where is the consistency, where is the part of us all that stays in the moment while the moment fluctuates and changes and moves. Then I feel that what that does is it invites our nervous system to also be malleable and flow and change and move with the tides around us. Kalindi is an intimacy and sexual healing coach with a deep passion for women and couples to experience, explore their pleasure in a conscious, present and embodied way. She spent the last 25 years in the arena of complementary health, working with people on their emotional, psychological, physical, sexual and spiritual levels, working with the holistic self around what is restricting our capacity to receive, delve into and let go into pleasure. Kalindi is an expert on the somatic level of shifting and changing the patterns of self-restriction around our sexual creative energy. With a real passion around the themes of sexuality, pleasure and sensuality, Kalindi helps people to self-inquire, self-evolve and deepen their relationships with themselves and the planet. Life is so unpredictable and anything can happen, yet to feel bliss, ecstasy and sexual pleasure, you need to feel safe. This is where, as a detective of energy, Kalindi helps you to understand your triggers, And what is inhibiting your relationships to explore consistent connection? Creating moments of deep connection and inner freedom is both beautiful and exquisite and is achieved through the artistry of nature. She says we are an art form. We are absolutely created in fascination, put it all together, and we are a creation of exquisite art, artistry of nature. I want us to celebrate that more. The phrase artistry of nature Kalindi used hooks to me instantly, hence why I chose it as a title for the episode. It seemed to perfectly capture the essence of what she was speaking about. There was a movement, a fluidity, a combination of inspiration, insight, elements colliding to produce that energy, that motion, colour, richness, a depth, light, with all the senses and emotions being incorporated as one. Definitely the relational connection that Kalindi shared. Clindy connected to her purpose at a young age. She described it as delving into her inner landscape to meet the psychological, the emotional and the physical curiosity and to answer the question, who am I? And have the fascination of who am I and who is everybody? Do you know who you are? Are you self-aware? I mean, really self-aware. The question, who are you really, is a great starting point. To do this, break it down into knowing your strengths, your values, your preferences, your dislikes, your beliefs, your passions and your gifts. Knowing all these will help you to build your vision and piece together all the missions it will take to work towards it. Through the inner world that Kalendi has accessed, she shared that she very rarely feels alone. She has discovered something that she describes as consistent connection. Her inner world is is a place of safety. She invites you to stay in self-fascination and to find out what does attending to your inner landscape mean, to be in yourself deep self-worth and self-love. What does it mean to be in our pleasure? What does it feel like to be consciously connected? Do you fully inhabit your body? Why are you here? What do you want to make happen? What's your ethos? What's your why? What are you trying to create? What do you want to be and feel? Why do you have sex? Are these questions you ask yourself regularly or ever? This inner landscape is what allows Kalindi to have this sense of connection to something bigger than themselves, which she describes as beautiful. Kalindi is a keen observer, witnessing human nature on all levels with all senses. She is acutely aware of the minutiae at the same time as the big picture. It could or should sound overwhelming, but it isn't. Kalindi describes it with such ease that it makes you relax and trust. To know that consciously and unconsciously, we are all consistently connected in an ever-changing tapestry of life. Focus on Why is weaving its own tapestry with all these guests, diverse in their experiences, backgrounds and purpose, yet all connected as they share their stories here on the podcast. Where else would you go from sexual exploration to visual communication in one conversation? My next reflection is episode 241, Slides Save Lives with David Henson. Trained in photography, photographic processing and audio visual production, David Henson set up the Regent Slide Company in 1986 and spent 13 years producing and imaging thousands of 35mm slides for many and varied businesses. It wasn't until he joined the Professional Speaking Association in 2016 that he realised that even good speakers produced bad slides. So now he's on a crusade to eradicate excruciatingly boring slide presentations and to teach people how to produce slides that wow their audience and that make their talks memorable and effective. A great mission in life and one that will certainly keep David busy and will benefit many in the audiences of all those who speak professionally. On LinkedIn, Camilla Stein commented that David's mission was such an important mission in the world of neurodiversity. To have more visual aids, especially for the nonverbal community, would be of great benefit. So be honest. Do your slides suck? Do you work in congruence with your slides like a professional partner? Or do they resemble something that would better serve the audience as a comprehensive handout? On a mission to banish these bad visual communication, so audiences are not left feeling cognitively exhausted, David, who is often referred to as the slide presentation man, helps people to communicate better. Not only does he design and produce better presentations for you, he can train you to get information across in a way that is so much easier to understand for your audience. Making the complex simple, you could say that David's slides save lives. Now, how is this actually achieved? Getting critical, sensitive and potentially life-saving information across in a simple way makes it possible for a presentation to save a life. Could a slide really have saved a life? We'll listen back to the episode to hear how it really can. Purpose reveals itself early on in life and often you come back to those early interests again later in your life. This is true for David. Photography was an early passion He learned how to frame an image and has used his photographer's keen eye in his work over the decades. His passion for photography has been bubbling under the surface and is now coming to the fore once more in his life. What I want to pick up on in this episode is an element of purpose time travelling. Travel back to when you were young and think about what held your attention as a child before you had to choose a particular direction or path to pursue in life. What did you actually love doing? Think back to those early years when you had lots of fun. What could you be doing again now that will help you to build a more fulfilling and meaningful life? Fun is in David's essential list for work. He even has a new podcast called Putting the F in Fun. For David, he says fun is an essential element to bring to work. Reading Your Brain is Boss by neuroscientist Dr. Linda Shaw, Linda writes that fun and humour play a major part in our cognitive function. They help facilitate social engagement, which is vital for human survival. When we laugh together, we come together on common ground. She goes on to explain that as the human brain evolved, the capacity for laughter preceded the capacity for speech. Therefore, fun and humour are fundamental to your communication, your learning and your well-being. When you're having fun, the brain releases good hormones such as serotonin and therefore reduces your cortisol levels. Why is this good? Because when you're in a pleasurable state, lower levels of cortisol allow you to focus more as you have increased headspace so you'll be more productive, more efficient and effective. High levels of cortisol in the system can lead to ill health. So when you reflect about the fun times you had as a child, where were you? Who were you with and what were you doing? Climbing trees, riding your bike, playing games with friends... Now, I'm not recommending that you start climbing trees again or chase your friends around the neighbourhood on your bike. What I am recommending is that you look for patterns in the activities that gave you the most joy and recognise that there are likely to be similar preferences and activities that still light you up today. To have more fun in your life, first it helps to know what fun looks like for you. Once you know, build more fun into your everyday life. It doesn't just have to be at the weekends that you can have all the fun. Think how you could build more fun into your weekdays too, into your work. Remember, having fun is what you do on the way to achieving all you want in life, not as a reward. So I totally agree with David. Fun is vital in the workplace. Remember when you have fun, you laugh and you learn. Be more fun to have more fun. Lighten up. Have a giggle. Play games. Focus on fun. Take some time out today to have some fun. And if you've turned your spare bedroom into a home office, now turn your home office into a dance floor and strut your stuff in between those Zoom calls. Perhaps you could organise coordinated lunch breaks with some friends or colleagues to have more fun together. You'll head back to work feeling much more refreshed and productive. It's interesting to note that as I've just taken over from David as a new regional president of the Southeast Professional Speaking Association, that fun is top of the list of the values I intend to instill into all the meetings. So how do you bring fun into your work? Next up is episode 242, Find Your Own Way with Tasneem Ali. Again, another thank you for the introduction, this time to Rachel Maunder, my guest from episode 116. Thank you, Rachel. The title for this episode, as with all the episodes' titles, comes from something the guest has said in the episode. Tasneem said, you just have to find your own way. It's only when you stop and reflect and understand what is it that you enjoy, what comes naturally to you, what you can get better at, what you want to do, that you can then start crafting that way for yourself. Now, this is not find your own way in the sense that you have to do it alone. Quite the opposite, as Tasneem is an authentic leadership coach, and she helps ambitious introverts get out of their own way and grow their career by creating an authentic leadership presence. As an introvert living in an extroverted world, growing a career in a corporate space was not easy for Tasneem. Having trained as a coach, it was this challenge that brought Tasneem to combine her two passions together, authenticity with leadership. What Tasneem does is empower and support introverts by showing them how to live their authentic selves, how to lead their careers and their teams in ways that are true to them. What she advocates most is to find your own way. Tasneem is a prime example of a pioneer of purpose who has brought two of her passions and combined them to form her mission through her vocation and her profession. A true ikigai moment of combining what she's good at, what she loves doing, with what the world needs and what she can be paid for. It sounds so simple when you lay it out like this, and it can be. However, it comes back to that self-awareness I spoke of earlier, where you have to take the time to explore and understand more about yourself. It is that cliche of needing to slow down to speed up in life. Tasneem looked at what was present as much as what was missing in her life and is now creating an impact. What's missing in your life? What happens when you reframe that question and see what is present? This led me to think of a common question that several guests have shared on the podcast, which is, what's wrong with me? I've covered this briefly before in my Reflections and Observations episode 166. But what's interesting is that it means very different things for each of us, as the context is always very different. Tim Sher, Devon Bailey, Peter Freeth, and Paul Evans all reference this same question too, but in very different circumstances. With Paul, he shared that he was trying to answer one question, which is what's wrong with me. That was a question I was trying to answer. The context for Paul was that he wondered why his mother would have given him up for adoption. She had other kids that she had kept, but she didn't keep him. This led to him questioning, what's wrong with me? He said that Tony Robbins says we're all trying to answer one question in life, and that was a question he was trying to answer. Robbins calls this your primary question. It is the one question that you ask yourself the most every day, and it could be even on an unconscious level that you're doing this. This primary question filters all the stimuli and information that comes in As you delete, generalise or distort various information based on the answers that you're looking for to answer that one question. This influences your responses and your behaviour. Back in my last Reflections episode 238, I shared that I've chosen a word for 2022, which is adventure. I have already booked five holidays, so the adventures are definitely in motion for this year. I've also been successfully working with my life purpose clients to help them to choose their words for the year and seeing them almost instantly with their focus shifting, how they then manifest what they're desiring as a result. It is such a powerful exercise and you can do it any time of the year. It doesn't have to be at the beginning of the year because where your focus goes, your energy flows. So what is the word that you've chosen and how will it serve you? One word, one focus. So how about the question that you're focused on now? Are you aware of what your primary question is? If you have one and it's not serving or empowering you, what would happen if you change the question to be framed from a positive perspective and from a position of appreciation? A question that is centered around your values. And also it comes back to that infinite growth mindset that I started with today. I've had a question that has helped me to stay focused over the last five years. It is handwritten on a faded post-it note on my desk, and it has these words. Before I take any action, will it take me closer to my goal? Now, this question has been really useful. It's helped me to stay focused, kept me on track to achieving my goals, reminded me of what I needed to do. It stopped me from procrastination. I am a big action taker. I walk my talk and this post-it note keeps me firmly on track. However, I feel that it's time to change my question. I want to recognise all the great things I have achieved so far in my life. And I want to show the appreciation for what I have, not what I lack. So how can I appreciate what I have even more and celebrate my achievements and stay true to my values? By folding them all into a new primary question, which I've crafted as this. It's probably a work in progress, but it's going to be this for now. How can I use my natural effervescence to appreciate and celebrate more of my achievements, brilliance, connectedness and diversity right now? Seeing and believing what is possible for me to achieve today is great self-talk. This question folds in the core element of gratitude and the appreciation. There's recognition that these elements are already present for me in life and for me to get ready to welcome more of what's important to me in the present moment. Also to celebrate The small moments along my way. So this one question is completely authentic to me. It connects my values with my emotions, with my actions. How about you? What is your one question? Take some time out today to work on it. So coming back to Tasneem's message to find your own way, look at what you enjoy. Look at your strengths, what comes naturally to you in terms of your gifts and identify your core values. Have courage of conviction to overcome fear. And as Tasneem said, keep telling yourself I've got this as whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. My final reflection today contains elements from all the other four. It was almost as though I had purposely placed these five episodes in succession, building layer upon layer. There are elements of playing the game, having fun, saving lives through your work and focusing on you first in self-care and of asking questions, more specifically, how to ask better questions with Mike Pagan, episode 243. Yes, Mike, we do need to ask better questions. I've just been t- reflecting and focusing on just that. Like Paul Avins, Mike also speaks of the needs to always have a coach in your life. Yes, again, I agree. Totally invaluable a coach and a mentor, someone who will show you the way and someone who will challenge you along the way, asking you those better questions to help you think beyond your current circumstances. Do you have a mentor or coach? Could you benefit from working with someone who can help you see what you don't see? Reach out to me today and we can take it from there. Mike is an expert in helping clients achieve positive mental wealth through building hand-picked support networks and helping them unlock significant performance improvements. As Mike's focus is currently on mental wealth, that is where his questions are predominantly directed. How is your mental wealth? How much time do you spend on it each day? Do you recognize and appreciate the power of your support network? This is the power of association, those around you who will raise your game, challenge you, support you and have your back in the time of need, your tribe. John Rowan said you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Even if you're not aware of their influence on aspects of your life, it will be evident in your behavior, your life choices, your health, your wealth, attitude, income, diet, exercise, fashion and so on. So be mindful of who you spend the most time with. As part of your self-care, it's important to pick those who you want to be with and those you don't. Don't spend the time with them. Mike speaks of self-care and how it is not in any way a selfish act. Self-love and self-care are not selfish. They are a necessity. They demonstrate a high level of understanding of your own well-being and happiness. You can't pour from an empty cup. Take care of yourself before you help others. Burnout, stress and overwhelm are not badges of honour. Use your natural effervescence to fuel your life. Self-love is about being true to you. Unleash the brilliance within and believe that you are worthy, that you are enough already and you do not need to seek any external validation to justify this. Do you understand who you are and what your uniqueness offers to the world? When you are at peace with yourself, you are practicing self-love. When you love yourself, you will have more inclination and energy to love others. Prioritize you Be true to yourself to live an authentic life. Self-care is a way to practice self-love. It encompasses all the acts of nurturing your physical, mental and emotional well-being. How do you practice self-care? Here are some suggestions. Sleep, relax, eating healthily, exercising, practicing forgiveness, seeking out fulfilling work or watching the sunrise, just as Mike spoke about. Singing, dancing, smiling, laughing. There are so many different ways. Your time and energy are your most precious resources. Be mindful how you use them and protect them. Say no to things that are not needed in your life to preserve your boundaries. Show people how they are to treat you by showing them how you treat yourself. Love yourself and you will be loved. Practice self-care and self-love today. Listen to you. Respect you. Focus on you. Mike says that the goal of mental wealth is a simple life, to be doing what you love and to love what you do, surrounded by the people you love and who love you. He said that isolation kills creativity and prevents decision making, which in turn can have a detrimental effect on both an individual's and the company's levels of success. Working in isolation can lead to introspection, procrastination and faffing about, increasing the risk of a failure to deliver. We as humans are built for connection, for community. We're not designed to do it all alone. So absolutely, as Mike says, seek to build your mental wealth team. In fact, hearing what Mike was sharing reminds me of Johan Harry's book, brilliant book called Lost Connections. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it to you. As you're constantly evolving, the one constant and primary focus should be your self-care, according to mental wealth advocate Mike. Assuring you are not self-sabotaging, isolated or lo- losing your direction in life, Mike recommends that you ask better questions. And if you can't do this, then hire someone who can. So what constitutes a better question? First, let's establish what is the purpose of a question? Yes, the irony is not lost on me to be asking you this. Questions are essential in life. They are the root for all your learning as you use them to acquire and expand your knowledge, to solve problems, gain deeper insights and eliminate confusion. Powerful questions invite action and discovery, and with action comes clarity. Questions lead to answers, however, it's the quality of the answer that we eagerly anticipate, and it is the quality of the question which determines this outcome. There is therefore an art to asking better questions. It takes skill and practice. How effective is your questioning? Socrates used questioning to educate his students, and Socratic questioning is still used today to explore complex ideas, getting to the truth of things, analysing concepts, probing assumptions, rationale, reasons and evidence, and question implications or consequences. Questions make up a large part of our conversations and consist of closed, open, probing, leading, loaded, funnel and recall questions. There are also rhetorical questions which are designed for dramatic effect or to make a point rather than to elicit an actual answer. Tennessee Williams said that life is an unanswered question, but let's still believe in the dignity and the importance of the question. As you grow older through the different stages of life, your questions change as you seek to discern your life purpose. In childhood, you ask, what do I want to be when I grow up? Which becomes, where do I fit in adolescence and evolves into, what is my calling in young adulthood? In middle essence, you ask, who have I become as a person? Which evolves into, how do I measure my success as a person during older adulthood? And finally, in later life, you ask yourself, what value have I added to people's lives? Who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose and what is the meaning of life? Victor E. Frankl's seminal work Man's Search for Meaning challenges the answer to all of these questions. It did not really matter what we expected from life, but rather what life expected from us. We need to stop asking about the meaning of life and instead to think of ourselves as those who are being questioned by life daily and hourly. As a coach, I am trained to ask better questions. It is also what I do in my podcasting too. I observe, listen, and reflect with the intention of asking the questions designed to probe, challenge, reflect, and aid self discovery for the clients or the podcast guests. The answers to these questions help to guide decisions, to make choices, and to give clarity. First, trust in yourself and trust in others to guide you. The way you live your life is as a result of your everyday choices and the questions you ask yourself Are you making the right choices? Are you asking the right questions? Are you asking better questions? And as Einstein said, the important thing is not to stop questioning. Thank you for listening to Focus on Why with me, Amy Rowlandson. To show your appreciation and to help other listeners understand what value you have received from tuning in today, please leave me an Apple Podcast 5-star review. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or join the inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.